0: Let's see how how terrible is it? Let's see.
1: That's pretty crunchy. I'm Steve.
0: And I'm Dolly. And this is withdrawn.
1: We're too boring. Librarians make libraries less boring. You know, we could change the name of the show by we creating could change, the, change.
0: We could change the tagline of the show.
1: We could, <laughs> because we're not because we're not boring.
0: Are we? No.
1: I don't think we are.
0: I think we're pretty great.
1: Yeah. Um, anything else you want to change?
0: Uh everything.
1: Make all the changes.
0: Would you consider yourself a change uh, pro kind of person, Steve?
1: A change agent.
0: Change radiator?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um I'm I I don't know. That I, I'm not I'm not really a quick change kind of person. Like when I um got my promotion a few months back, I mean, I came to a new branch and kind of get your I like to kind of get the lay of the land first and then kind of make changes as they go along. I don't like to come in and just sweep it and sweep in new changes without seeing how things work where I am first. What about you? Do you like to make big changes?
0: Yes, I like to come in and set the building on fire and then, uh, you know, sweep around and <laughs> do that. No, it's tempting, though. It's very yeah. tempting. Um, the job I'm in currently, I sort of thought that was one of the things I'd been hired to do. Uh-huh. So I came in with a lot of ideas, and, and as it turned out... Um, the person one of the people who had hired me i was doing what they had envisioned and one of the other people i w- I, w- I was not like they 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 had a they had a thought that things might change but in years kind of thought that was that was really interesting cuz i had been in a role before that where we were um We were a library that had left a larger system, so we were sort of reinventing some wheels, and we were thinking of new approaches, and so we could kind of just implement stuff and see how it worked. And then the job I got to after that, it was more – they wanted a little more time and consideration and explanation and documentation and stuff, and that's that's hard for me because I kind of – I do tend to just say, like, let's go (laughs) – Woo well, Um but I think see, that's a see. really valuable lesson. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well it seems like that's one that, that, that's one sort of um end of the spectrum and then there's the other end of the spectrum where you just come in and change everything all at once and then I'm kind of in the middle of having all these ideas but figuring out a, a way to get to them kind of in a deliberate more planned out kind of way. But I think I think it's easy for easy for us in our kind of positions to do that because we're in charge. Um mm-hmm. how do you see people who are not in charge of their building being able to create change in their workplace.
0: I think. Um, well, you know, you make you make a smart um, point about sort of sitting back, taking the lay of the land, getting an idea of what's going on, lie of the land, uh, and seeing where things can be changed and maybe thinking out a way they can be changed before actually doing anything. And when you're at a slightly lower level, that's, that's great. Because then to me as a supervisor, if you come to me and you say, I noticed that, you know, the underwater basket weaving could be done so much more efficiently if we had scuba masks or so, you know, (laughs) and you come to me and you let me know the full, thought then you have a complete ask it's it's much more difficult when someone comes to me um with an attitude of of something like you know this isn't working
1: right we just come in and say (laughs) underwater basket weaving is not working and that's all you (laughs) that's all you come to me with and it's like well i need details why isn't it not working what do you think we can do to change it what do you think we could do do you need do we need to stop doing it do we need to change how we're doing it what do you want to give me a plan
0: yeah and and um why is it a problem if it's not working you know but our job is so if if we'll we'll go to a library metaphor if the way we check out books isn't working that's obviously not something we're going to eliminate so what's the next best idea or what ideas if any do you have or who do you think we could go to to talk to to get ideas if you don't have any off the top of your head um I I think we've seen – I was in a system where they had gotten RFID and had rolled it out to, I think, most of the branches, and they were sort of trying to get people to use um, the self-checkout, RFID self-checkouts, and it was taking a long time, and – they finally just sort of put it out to the staff, you know, like, what sort of ideas do you have? And the staff, you know, as it turned out, the staff had a thousand different reasons from personal experience and observation of why people weren't using them and ways in which it could be improved. And, you know, some of it was like positioning of the devices and how well they worked and the language on the screens was confusing to people. And then there was also stuff like, you know, people were saying, well, there's a staff member right there, so why do I have to do that? And so maybe the circulation desk didn't need to be staffed 24-7. Kind of, You know, mm-hmm. there was a lot of different things that came up, and that was a really great way to go out to look at a problem from the admin level and go out to your frontline staff and say, how do we fix this? Um, and a great chance for people to step up. And because I think you can, we have a training program here in California called Leading from Any Position, mm-hmm. L- LFAP, and that's sort of that same idea. Like, oh, I'm just a page; nobody cares what I have to say. Oh, I'm just a library tech; nobody cares what I have to say. Well, if you're seeing it every day, you're seeing the problem. You should. You probably have the best point of view on how to fix it too.
1: Well, you can certainly be a, an important data point. I mean, you're you're. It, it, you're you're going to work together to create a change. I mean, you need people on the ground, opinions on these kind of things because they, yeah, they're, they're seeing things that you're not seeing. Even, I think at our levels, I mean, we're, I think we both are working with p- our, our patrons and things like that. But they're working it much more often and they're seeing that kind of stuff a lot more often than we are.
0: I'm just here to make, um, to make more problems. <laughs> But and then, you know, too, you'll find yourself in organizations where that sort of thing is not encouraged um, and that is no good. And we'll discuss that in a further episode, you know, what to do in those circumstances when you want to innovate, but you're being held back. But um, or your cat and you have complaints about wet food. I just shush my cat. They're trying trying to create
1: change within your households.
0: Trying to create change within your households. Well, what are some of the dangers of of creating change? Um, Do you ever find that people get just sort of obsessive about making changes?
1: Yeah, because there are some people I think that just want to change for the sake of change. And that's that's why I like um, doing it the way I do it personally, just because I want to see what's working. I don't want to just say, we're going to move this section of books over here because i say that's what But you know maybe they're circulating really well where they are so i shouldn't move them and that's where people in this community want them to be so i think it's important to get that data before you make these big changes i mean there there are going to be some things that you can just try just to see if it'll work but i think the biggest danger i would guess I, i'd come down to is the the sake of just continuing to change for the sake of change and not knowing when to stop because there is a point when you do need to stop certain things, you know, you can keep changing different parts of your organization, but there are going to be times when something's just working and you don't, you know, the whole, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You, but you also don't want to get complacent in, well, it works, so don't do anything about it, because you always want to go back and re-examine processes and re-examine things to make sure they're uh, working to the, best, to the best ability.
0: It works, so why would we ever change it?
1: Right and well and that's one of the biggest dangers well that's one of the biggest dangers I think librarians especially have that we're kind of we get set in our ways and um that leads to the people grousing about maker spaces and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we don't need that kind of stuff in our libraries
0: you kids well it, it's it's partially funny because you know since both you and I work with the public um and I imagine this is true to the less to a lesser extent in academic libraries a lot of the work doesn't change. Like, we're still serving users. We're still, you know, circulating books or updating books or whatever we're doing with them. And a lot of those fundamental tasks are going to be the same from, you know, the from Ben Franklin to now to, you know, the robot Google Books libraries that will be implanted in our heads at birth. Eventually those will have to be checked in and out. Um, But Just because those functions don't change doesn't mean that there's not room within them to reevaluate. And, you know, I can just imagine how librarians initially felt at like online catalogs and probably before that, card catalogs. I bet before that they had like ledgers, right? Probably Mm -hmm. something like that. Like, look, we have all the books here. Why do we need individual cards for the books? You're just really making more work for me.
1: Yeah, and, I, can, and, I can just write down the book and the name of the person who comes in and checks it out, and then when they come back, I'll just strike through it. And
0: so easy. And I'm sure there are places still doing it um, that way. But what, you know, what do you, what do you say, Steve, when you run into people who have that kind of point of view on the change you want to make? Like, look, we've always done it this way, and it's working fine.
1: Well, I follow the advice of one of my role models, Donald Trump, and I say, "You're fired." <laughs>
0: Trump
1: no, I mean uh, <coughs> excuse me well i mean what, what what I do is i if if it's somebody it depends on who it's coming from if it's coming from someone that I supervise, then I can coach them into a way of not seeing it my way but seeing it trying to look at things in a different direction and in a different dimension and just trying to convince them that there's there's always ways to make... just Even if you're going to do the exact same thing, you can find the efficiencies in what you're doing. So let's just look at it from another direction. Just try to out, look, think outside the box to use the stereotypical thing there. Um, if it's coming
0: outside the lines.
1: Right. If it's coming from somebody above me, then I think it's on me to convince them of the change. And a lot of that's going to come back to what we were talking about earlier with having the data to back that up, even if it's just allegorical or hard data whatever just you need to have a reason to make this change
0: well and this is my favorite anecdote anecdote i've told i told this at ala in las vegas and um, i've told it before and it's from a book called switch how to change things when changing things is hard or when change is hard and um it is a story about a hospital i believe in the bay area Where they were having trouble with um, nurses who were tasked with dispensing medication on doctor's orders um, making mistakes. And one of the things they found when they looked at it was that part of the problem was that um, because of the layout of their ER or whatever unit, it was um, the nurses usually had to walk past a lot of people with the order in their head, Mm -hmm. and they would have to get stopped, they would get distracted, they would get this, they would get that, so that by the time they got to the actual dispensary pharmacy area, they might have, you know, transposed numbers or forgotten what the order was or something like that. And um, so what they decided to do was they put, they would have vests vests for the nurses who, you know, got an order. They would have this vest and it would say, Please don't bother me. I'm I'm going on this task and it was like construction worker colored. And they would go direct to the thing and the nurses hated it. Um they thought it was degrading and the doctors hated it. They thought it um was, you know, inaccessible and the patients hated it. They again found it also inaccessible and made it difficult to talk to the nurses and by the end of the 6 month trial of it the the administration was like well yeah we just have to this isn't working and they looked at their numbers and their errors medication prescription errors had gone down by something like 40% mm-hmm. and and so it's it was it's such a fascinating example of a change that everybody hates that nevertheless works
1: well and that's and that's <laughs> something that I think you really have to do especially as in the, I mean, when you're in leadership positions you need to transition change well you need to be able to manage change because that's going to be the reaction of probably a large portion of your staff when you introduce some change it's going to be resistance and or
0: i mean or be aware that you know changes they you need to be able to demonstrate their value yeah right so one way or another there are changes too that people just love that don't really work and what do you do when a change isn't working
1: Probably for this whole, everything we're talking about here, you always need to be aware of your surroundings, aware of your processes, aware of your procedures to find things that need to be changed. And so as you're doing this, um, keeping this awareness, you should be realizing when things are not working. And just like that story you just told, when they went and looked at the actual data, they kept aware, they you know, they were keeping track of all this stuff, they realized, well, it's working. So that's how you can realize that you need to keep going with the thing, even if you don't like it. Yeah. Whereas the other way around, everybody may love this new RFID system that you have, but for some reason books are getting stolen more often because it's cheap technology and it makes it right through your security gates and doesn't set off alarms or anything like that or whatever um, kind of example you could give.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think there's, um, there's, There's something to be said for making sure that you're tracking how your change is going, too. Because I have also seen people just sort of make the change and swan off, swan off, uh, wander off and not monitor it, not get feedback on it, not do anything with this notion that, like, well, I made the change. What more do you want from me?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've actually got a couple of projects in the planning stages right now, and part of it is um, some of it's moving some collections around to different places, and right now, I'm doing things like running reports to see how they're circulating right now, so that when I make the change, I can look at those reports again later to see if it actually did increase, because I think what I'm going to want to do is going to increase the circulation, and if it doesn't, I'll switch it back, (laughs) because it didn't work, and it's making my circuit go, go down, that's obviously not what I'm wanting to do, so...
0: Woohoo. Woo. Reports. A change. Yeah, I mean we had a funny thing where like we were having a lot of um at an old job where we were having DVDs stolen. Mm-hmm. Shocking. Sometimes people steal from libraries. If you're just tuning in, sometimes people steal stuff from libraries. Um and uh part Breaking of
1: it news. was people uh, stink.
0: People are terrible. Uh no, people are great. We love them. But sometimes people think, get confused about what belongs to them and what doesn't. And we were – part of the problem was that the reshelving, resorting stacks were way in the back in a corner Mm -hmm. uh, with no real staff coverage. We didn't really have cameras anyway, but um, no staff coverage. Like staff weren't spending very much time there unless they were loading a cart to go and shelve it. So I looked at it and I was like, what if we slice the bread before we sell it? Um now, I looked at it with a page of mine and uh, who'd been there a long time, and we looked in the d v d section and we found a roll of shelves that was kind of underused with like documentaries or something, and we were able to interfile those more creatively and then We had the returns right next to the regular DVDs. So not only did did the theft go down, the Cirque went up because the more popular stuff Mm -hmm. was getting found instantly when it went back on that resorting shelf. And it didn't take the patrons very long and the staff liked it. And and it was an overall just a huge success that we just kind of like – snap one day, I was like, I'm getting very, very tired of replacing things that have been taken. So, you know, what do we got? What do we got? And that's the, that's this example of something that has, it's small, but it has such a huge measurable effect. So all this stuff does matter.
1: Yeah, no. And, and we, we, we had some places, um, at a previous branch I worked at where things were getting stolen from a certain area in the branch and we realized it was kind of in a back little corner and it wasn't really feasible to move it anywhere else. So what we did is we just increased staff walking around to that area so it's just sort of monitoring it more often and being more careful about things like that so yeah
0: and you never knew no too like some i mean if you have parts of your library where um i mean depending on your usage where staff rarely goes you may have users there who have questions who aren't getting any help you know they had a large fiction section there and i think um and it was split out, you know, fiction and sci-fi and mysteries and yada yada. And so they just started sending librarians out there with iPads to sort of answer questions and do roving reference. And it turned out to be a, a big, another big success that was oddly enough not my idea, and yet somehow it still worked out. But it was this uh, again a small change that really had a huge, measurable impact on the way people perceived the library. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of those incremental changes because they're great at like sort of introducing a new way to be like, maybe it was never common to have that level of customer service. Um, So we'll just start with making sure everybody's on the desk and available and there. And like the worst thing to me is having people walk into the library and not have anybody sitting there or not have anybody who obviously works there available to speak to. That's, that's kind of meh
1: yeah I mean people don't like to hear it sometimes especially when you're talking outside of library world of you know big societal changes but incremental change is how change happens the big huge revolution thing very rarely happens <laughs> where things change overnight I mean it's it's a long process and you just kind of have to make, make as, as big steps as you can at a time and ease your way in there so
0: yeah yeah yeah. And,
1: and, and some and some things I think seem like bigger changes and they and it may be a big change, but there's been it was sort of like the overnight success thing that you know well, I've been an actor for twenty years I'm not an overnight success <laughs> I just got a big role so. overnight overnight for twenty years literally
0: overnight <laughs> yeah there's um there's there's that tendency to sort of want everything to be awarded instantly with a with an oscar but um <laughs> We don't even have Oscars and libraries.
1: We have movers and shakers.
0: We have shakers and bakers. <laughs> in the baking justice system. Um, oh, movers Ching and shakers. Chung, chung. Well, yeah. What are, Do you have any other thoughts on change? Stage, or gonna... do we need to change the subject?
1: Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Withdrawn is a podcast lovingly handcrafted for you, the listener, by Steve Thomas in Georgia and Dolly Marley in California. You can find us on Twitter at Steve Librarian or at Lother, and the show is at Withdrawn Tweets. Our music is by Nick Hammerin. You can find us online at WithdrawnPodcast.com, and you can subscribe via iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Next on Withdrawn.
0: Robot Best Friends! (laughs) What? (laughs) I don't know. Robot Best Friends! Don't you want a best friend who's a robot?
1: Maybe I already have one. Whoa! World shaken.
0: What makes you think I'm a robot?
1: Beep boop.